What's up, everyone? Uh, welcome back to a long overdue uh, second installment on the Film Dudes podcast. Uh, as always, uh, we are the Film Dudes. I am Dirk Schuller, and with me is Adam Oliver, meditating about what to talk about for uh, the movie that we just came out of watching. Um, this one, actually, first, how are you doing, Adam? Um, I'm good. I'm just trying to process uh, my speech. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got, I'm, I'm still like an android right now, just sort of buffering in my head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> your operating system needs some updates. Yeah. Um, so, if you, in case you don't know, uh, in case you haven't noticed by the title already, we are talking about the the third installment in the M. Night Shyamalan universe of movies, uh, Glass. Uh, this so, one, go ahead. So, Unbreakable came first, then Split, and now it's Glass. Yeah. Um, Just, yeah. yeah, it's, it, this one was interesting because, um, a little, a little history for everyone, and I don't know, um, how much you know about this, um, so we'll see how many learned ears, uh, are tuning in. Um, so, Unbreakable, uh, came out in 2000. This was Shyamalan's, um, second... Uh, this was his next film right after he did Sixth Sense, which was a big hit. Uh, when Unbreakable came out, uh, oddly enough, it actually did not do well at all with fans or critics. Um, so Shyamalan has been planning this kind of storyline for many years. Uh, going on... Two, let's see. 28 years. No, 18 years. He's been planning this whole series. So... Unbreakable, the story itself, is uh, Bruce Willis's character, David Dunn. Basically, the entire movie is like a first act of your typical tentpole superhero film. Of the hero learning about his abilities, getting his powers, and in a typical superhero movie like Ant-Man or Iron Man or any of these other yeah. movies. What? But the thing is with Unbreakable is that it's a lot more grounded in reality yeah. in those films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it doesn't, it's kind of, it kind of plays with, does he have these powers? Are they real? Or like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like at a certain point in the film, the story of Unbreakable, um, and it's kind of a hard movie not to spoil because the, well, the, the thing, I mean, Unbreakable has been out for a while. I think, yeah. I think it's okay. Yeah. But. The, uh, the, the spoiler, like, the big Shyamalan twist ending is you find out that uh, Elijah Price, Mr. Glass, is the villain. Uh, but the way they handled it in the film is interesting. Um, Elijah Price's character uh, has uh, brittle bone disease where his bones are, are... He doesn't produce the correct protein that keeps his bones at the density that it needs to be. So that's why a lot of kids call him Mr. Glass. And because of his his like bones and everything he spent most of his days inside reading comic books so he's very well knowledge in all that and also not being able to play outside a lot he read a lot and he was learning a lot so that's why he's very much a mastermind uh elijah price's character in that film uh had the the idea the thought that comic books are a are a piece of history not in the sense of like how comic books were made but what stories they tell, that the stories 
that comic books tell are of fantasies that happened many years ago that no one talks about. He compares it to the Egyptian writings on the wall and everything with the hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics, yeah. Um, and he believed that because he is very fragile and frail on one end of the spectrum, then surely there's someone who is the opposite of him on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. Excuse me. So it's very interesting the 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 philosophy and the psychology of Unbreakable. Um, especially when you, have, when you have to understand that this came out in 2000 when comic book movies started to dwindle about like 95 with Batman Forever and then you had all the other like block like like the bad blockbusters that came out around that time in the late 90s uh, and this is before um, uh, Spider-Man came out I think this was closer to when X-Men came out so this is like when superhero movies were not doing well and they didn't find their niche yet. So this was Shyamalan's take on it. And, a, and he actually had the story planned out back in 92. So he's already thought of the story for a long time. And this is cool because it's, it's an original like concept, not like based on an actual comic. It's uh, yeah something he came up with himself. So that's... Yeah. With a lot of references to... Well, other, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of references to superheroes, but it... It knows what it's about and what it does uh, with the source material. Um, so, so that's basically um, uh, unbreakable. unbreakable. Yeah. Uh, splits. Um, no one really knew uh, that movie was going to be in the same universe, but Shyamalan said in a in some of the panels when he released the film uh, at film festivals, he was saying that the character of Kevin Wendell Crumb. Uh, was already a pre-planned character early on, but he just couldn't find a way to fit him into the original film. Yeah. So he cut him out and then just made back in uh, with his resurgence with other smaller short films that he did after a lot of like Hollywood bombs. And I say Hollywood bombs because they were a lot of movies that Hollywood wanted Shyamalan to do. Yeah. But it, they they were trying to tell Shyamalan how to make a Shyamalan film. Mm -hmm. And it just, I feel like he hit a burnout stage and he yeah. needed to take take a few steps back and then go back to making the movies that he originally loved doing was making more dramatic, smaller budget films about people in situations instead of focusing, focusing it on the situation and how people deal with it. Like the people came yeah. first in the situation. Uh, but the, but the, the big twist in Split is you find out that it's in the same universe as Unbreakable. And what's interesting about Split, seeing it recently, is where Unbreakable is the first act of a superhero movie for a hero, Split does the same exact thing, but on the opposite side, where it's the first act for a villain, where we follow a villain's progress throughout yeah. the entire film. Um, so, so there's that. Um, yeah. Anything you wanted to add on the, the movies? Before we go into glass, um, I don't know if there's anything on Split. I mean, it was interesting how it was played as like a well, it was a horror, but mm -hmm. it's interesting to see how um, like it it transforms from like this sort of a horror. I, I don't I don't know if I call Kevin a monster or whatever, but like mm -hmm. uh, like. Um, it's a captive, like, it's a yeah. captive horror thriller. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how that translates into 
him being a villain or like a comic book villain mm-hmm. that's um inter- like it's once again it's um how it plays into the real world like yeah. how in in the real world someone like that would be a villain not right. necessarily split personality but talking about like just someone who does thing like uh kidnaps people and like tortures them yeah pretty much yeah so that's i find that kind of interesting um yeah, I guess I, that's about all I have to say. Yeah. Uh, we, I say we just want to jump into... Uh, yeah, let's jump right into Glass. glass. Um, this movie was was interesting in the sense that it, it was very slow, but it wasn't boring. There there weren't... Yeah. It There's a point in the film where like it starts to like ask you a lot. Like It starts asking questions that... A lot of us didn't really ask ourselves originally in the film, yeah. where it was like, okay, how much of this stuff was like premeditative? How much of this was not premeditative, uh, pre precognitive? Where like a lot of these characters were thinking they could do all these amazing yeah. things. That are these actually superheroes? Are these actually villains? Do they actually have these powers? And what's interesting is is that realize still trying to like like take in the fact that split is in this universe that they take events from that movie and they they scrutinize it and they get it down to like the bare science of it yeah. where some events can be explained through science and how you know you know how did uh, the beast um, survive the gunshots from Casey um, not anyone could do that and it's I have to be honest, during that moment, like, I know she explained, like, how the bullets were, like, all, they were kept in, like, bad conditions. Moisturized, like, like, moisturized. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, okay, but he was shot with a shotgun. (laughs) Well, the other thing is, some people, like, I I was thinking that too, but at the same time, I I also have to remember that shotguns with, like, buckshot, you can survive buckshot. Like, it's, like, at, at at a certain range, yeah, you can survive buckshot. And I think that's what it was implying. But that to me was just like, you had to like, you had to be like, okay, I see what you're trying to do. All right, get the story moving. You're wrong, but I see what you're trying to do. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like, all right, okay, like, whatever. I mean, like, I, 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 I haven't seen Split for a while, so I might not remember correctly, but like, I don't remember the shotguns even having like much of an effect on him. Like, he it was didn't. still, yeah, he was still like, even if they're like weak or whatever, like it's and like you still see you like, still see the the scarring from yeah those. yeah. I thought from the trailers when I when you see uh, yeah. the beast like in the like the showdown in the parking lot that I saw like all the patches on yeah. him. I thought that like came from the institute like some yeah like yeah. that was something that they did to him. But seeing it like seeing it here, I'm just like oh it's right that's from Split okay because yeah. I didn't know how I didn't know in the timeline of like when. Um, all the, uh, the like when the events of Split happened when Glass takes place. I didn't know how much of a time jump there was, and oddly enough, there wasn't that much of a time jump, which I I actually enjoy because it's like okay, they're very well aware that this is in the same universe now, yeah. and they do make a lot of references in the beginning. Um, I like the fact that all the actors um, came back for this yeah. one, especially the son. I really like the son in the movie. Yeah, it's it's great because. Um... Um, 
I'm going to say it's not really a spoiler because it's in the previews, but you, uh, you get to see, you know, the Kaylee, is that her name? Casey. 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 Casey, who was in Split, um, the girl that the Beast let go, um, so she has a connection to him, and then you have the son of, uh... David. David, who, um, comes back, uh, I'm, I'm calling him Todd Howard, because that's... He does that, look he, like Todd He looks Howard. like Todd Howard. They give Joseph, him, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. Yeah, yeah they, give him, they give him the jacket and everything, it looks, it's funny, but anyway... Wait, then, wait, what were you telling me about the jacket? Like, you, you, you kept whispering something to me about the no, jacket. No, I, I just said, like, because, you know, um, I guess it was, uh, when we were watching the, um... The, the E3? Yeah, or whatever. He came out wearing that, like, jacket or whatever. and like He does. Yeah, oh, yeah, he does. He wears, he wears his jacket, so I'm like, it's Todd Howard. But, um, uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, those two. Yeah. And then um, the mother of... Uh, Elijah. Elijah. And so they kind of all come together, and that's cool to see. Yeah. Um, that, that, to me, was interesting where, like, you have... You have the... Which oddly enough, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call case. I was gonna say the significance, like the the significant companions to each character, um, with like the main three being uh, Elijah, David, and Kevin. That they each have like a counterpart to them. Yeah. You have the son, the mother, but you also and the the friend basically. Yeah. Um, I noticed that there was like a romance that was building between Kevin and Casey for a minute, which which um, I noticed that um, glad they didn't go all the way with it because uh, yeah, uh, pretty sure there's an age difference there. There is an age but, difference, but like part of me was kind of like I almost could have accepted it that if there was like a full on romance where it was like they. Did. I mean, I wouldn't be mad because what she like seventeen now. Something like that. Yeah, like she's in high school. Like yeah. she's in like, like uh, she looks. She looks like older high school. Yeah. So like it's like it's. Cool. But even like the I circumstances mean, as yeah. well. It's kind of like, like I can understand going the route of like you know the ki like a kiss and everything. Yeah. But at the same time, what she does for Kevin, it's like all right, yeah. Uh, it's what she does is really good for him, and like because Kevin had an abusive family life and everything. Um, the one thing I am a little, it's not a spoiler. Um, the one thing that I mentioned to Adam, cause Adam just saw Unbreakable today, right before, before we, before we went to see, this. yeah, before we went to see glass and there's a scene that, that a lot of fans who've been like, been waiting for this movie, that there's a scene in Unbreakable when David is kind of like discovering his powers early in the film where there's a, a mother and her son and she's like, like aggressively tagging him along and David like you know taps her and you hear the sound of like a child like crying yeah. and screaming and I looked over to Adam I said like a lot of people are speculating that that is uh, Kevin and his mom and they didn't really touch on that like to me well, it was like I kind of wish they did mention that a well, bit I want to go back and Unbreakable and see that scene because there is a scene in um Glass uh, there is a scene in Glass when you see um, a scene with him as a kid. Yeah. Um, and I want to see if it's like the same. I don't think it is. I mean, I know it's not like the, the yeah, same yeah, actor. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I want to see if they like look the same. If it could be the same. Yeah. Because yeah. like even like like because again this is like the how every character in the film has like a color scheme, especially the yeah. main three. I want to see if the color scheme is kind of the same for the mom. Where when she yeah. when she appears in this film and in Unbreakable, uh, in a I was, flashback, yeah. I, I gotta admit I was a little scared. Like you, there's a flashback of um, 
when Kevin uh, was getting abused and like you see the mom coming up the stairs with the iron and I'm just like yeah that was this freaky man that was like that was, that, that was messed up <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was kind of like all right but that that's the thing though like <laughs> it gets you interested you don't want to see what happens yeah. no 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 you do want to see what happens but that's enough attention to grab you to understand like how intense and how how badly abused he was and then I love the um you mentioned this uh, every time it happened, but they have uh, flashbacks for other characters that were deleted scenes on Unbreakable, mm -hmm. and I really like that because, like, that way you don't have to get like an actor that looks like yeah how it was. You could just use the yeah, just use, use the original, yeah. <laughs> well, that was the thing, like, because um, Shyamalan already said that before that he yeah. said that he because this is before I watched Unbreak like Unbreakable recently with my family um, was. Shyamalan mentioned that he was he was gonna put in unused scenes from Unbreakable in Glass, and when I started watching the deleted scenes, I'm like, I wonder how many of these scenes, if like these scenes are gonna be in the movie eventually, and it was interesting to me like the one scene I was like kind of thinking they would use, but I don't know if it would have been like really done anything was in uh, the deleted scenes for Unbreakable, there's a scene, it's a flashback for Elijah as a kid when he's going to um, the carnival yeah. and he gets on like a tilt-a-whirl uh, by himself. And again, he's got the brittle bones disease, but he he tries to protect himself because he has like these two giant plushies and he puts them on either side of the, the oh, excuse me, the popcorn's coming back. <laughs> um, he puts them on, on either side of him so he can, like, if he, like, shifts around or whatever, it won't hurt. And he's also got his sweater that he wraps around the, the guardrail. But in the process of the ride moving around, everything falls off. And now he's left alone with, like, the hard metals. And I remember watching that scene, and Shyamalan talks about it. He does an introduction to each uh, uh, scene. He said that he was really sad to take that scene out of the original yeah. film because they spent so much time trying to set that scene up and get it done. And the kid was just a really good actor, but he he felt like there wasn't a place for it in the original film. So it was it was great for me to see Shyamalan was able to use a lot of those, like those cutting room floor scenes and still be able to use them 29 years later <laughs> or 19 years later. Um, but it, it just, it's, it's the filmmaker in me that just like really appreciates moments like that. I've had moments um, throughout like all three films that have made me feel uncomfortable, like uh, in the in Unbreakable. Yeah. When he brushes up against one person, and for some reason, out of all of the like scenes of like oh the the, the the date rape scene. Yeah. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. There's a date rape scene. <laughs> you never see the you yeah. see the lead up to it. Um, but, and then in the second, and then in Split, there uh, was, uh, well, if you've seen Split, you probably know what I'm talking about. The, uh, the creepy but, uh, uncle scene. The, the, there's the creepy uncle scene. You, you, <laughs> we set, we set up a, a rating system amongst us where if this was a visual show, we would show you, but basically, uh, we have a, a system. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, first allow me to, um, explain that I am a larger gentleman. He is. Um, <laughs> So, uh, whenever something happens that's a bit uncomfortable, uh, such as that scene, I will lean back in my chair and I, my necks will protrude. 
he he will he will acquire many a necks um, when and something I, is very uncomfortable. I will sink down in my chair and just groan like mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. <laughs> like so we actually, I don't want to watch this. After that scene, we set up a rating system of like like with horror movies and just like suspense movies that if. It's no longer like out of how many thumbs up or how many stars or whatever. It's how many chins we can get out of Adam uh, as to how how uncomfortable a film is. Um, and which what scene was that in a uh, in Glass? What scene um, did that for Glass? You? Well, it was um, it wasn't really like anything that in, uncomfortable that like that, but just like in the scenes. Um, well, the one with the iron and the mom. Uh, yeah, but uh, also. The, the the flashback with him on the tilt of war and like when he bangs into stuff and yeah. it's like oh well even uh they show like uh Elijah with the broken bones and everything like lying on the ground like yeah. like that even in watching it in the the uh the deleted scene that was just really tough to look at and it was tough to look at but also it's like you want to know how they did that because it from a practical like from a from an effect standpoint it's it's impressive but still very haunting. <laughs> um, okay, so story-wise for Glass, um, we, we're talking like a lot of references and hidden details here and there. Um, what, this is the one thing we want to say. We do not want to spoil the film because yeah. the one thing that a lot of people, um, since this is like Shyamalan's like resurgence and everything, he did say that um, he, he is going back to the classic Shyamalan style of a twist ending. Yeah. So there is... Uh, there is twist endings in this film, and we we're, we're not going to tell you what happens. In like, it's different from our last one where we did Halloween because that one you can kind of guess. Oh yeah, he's he's uh, Michael Myers. He's going to go around stabbing people. Like you, you get the gist of. Yeah, like, you kind of know what's yeah. going to happen with that kind um, of movie. But with this, it's more. It's very story driven, and we don't want to like. Yeah, you know. It's and it it. I remember, like, I will say this, like, no, no, I'm not going to talk about a certain scene, but my reaction to the end of the film, um, and I, and I, I think Adam can vouch for this, um, I was like, my, my mouth was agape the entire ending. Um, I was very shocked at how the film, because this is not, again, with the Unbreakable Universe, this is not a, a conventional superhero movie. And it's interesting how this film comes out around the time of um, uh, cinematic universes with DC and Marvel and a bunch of other films trying to make something out of superhero properties that this one comes out doing something very different and very minimal. Like, most of the film takes place at the mental hospital. Yeah. That, to me, was like... I was worried about that, especially, like, towards, like, the showdown. I'm thinking to myself... Wow, they're actually gonna do something big, yeah. but they they don't, and it's and I I felt very I I felt a little bit of joy because it's like all right, you're not doing something that I would like in a superhero movie, but I'm okay with it. Like it doesn't do the big like it doesn't do like big showdowns in like a lot of superhero movies now. Which I feel like maybe a reason why some people don't really care for it, like, cause I, my job was a gate because I was I was shocked and I was amazed by the film, but also at like, kind of like shock of 
how are people not getting this film? How are people yeah. not enjoying the hell out of this movie? I didn't I didn't read any critic reviews of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what they say the problem is. I haven't either. I've been trying to stay away from a lot of reviewers, especially people that actually like Shyamalan's movies. I try to stay away from their reviews too. I wanted to go in completely blind and see, you know, see how much of the film I can pick up on my own from my own viewing. Um, Especially the first time I saw Split With You in theaters, I was very critical because I was focusing so much on the technicalities of like how he was directing it. Because at that time, I was about to shoot, uh, excuse me, uh, VR. yeah, I was about to shoot yeah. VR, so I was trying to look at, okay, how did he film this? How did he do this scene? How does he do this scene? But I never took in the story. I never took in the, the character development or why the camera was doing this to enhance the story. So that's why the second time I watched it, I'm like, oh, everything was very well explained to me. I just had to listen and watch the movie. Yeah. And um, if any of you are... Um uh, like just tuning into us, Dirk's a, a short filmmaker, and so he's talking about Violent Realm. It's yeah. a it's a short film we made. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. So like like I said, I didn't I didn't really read it. I, all I know is that critics didn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's I, it's got like a, it's in the forties yeah. right now, with which is it's with how well Split did. In, yeah, I feel like there's a I, I feel like there was a lot of expectations, but at the same time, like when you look at the trailer. Uh, no, I'll hold that. Because that, that, that might be a spoiler with, with trailers. Yeah, but like, like I, um, what was I saying? Um, it's not a superhero movie. It's, well, a, yeah. it's a, it's a character development story. It's not going to be, it's not going to be Avengers. It's not yeah. going to be, I mean, yeah, it's a team up movie, but not in the same conventional way. I, I mentioned this earlier, like earlier today when I was telling dad about going to go see this movie was I feel like Shyamalan is very much an acquired taste. Yeah. Like, like there was, I, there was a, a comment that I heard a while back that I can't remember what the, what it was relating to, but there's this one producer and I, I need to find uh, who said this, but he was talking about how in a movie that they either, if you got a movie where you had the fans, they either you either have one camp that hates it and one camp that likes it, you're good. Because you got people talking about it. It's popular for people who hate it and love it. Last Jedi. Um, Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> very much like I, I'm in the camp that absolutely loves that movie. I like I, it. I, I like it too. It's it's the soup it's the Star Wars movie we needed, but that's for another episode. Um Sorry if you guys hate it, but we're just talking. That's that's, um. that's, 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 that's your opinion. Yeah. I'm not going to say if it's a right or wrong opinion, but you know what my opinion is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the critic review... Because even like Unbreakable, when it first came out, it didn't do well. But over time, it's definitely built up an audience. What do Have you, um, by chance, like know any fan reactions of this? So far, no, or? I try to stay away from yeah. like any reactions as because I did not want to come across because I don't want to come yeah. across spoilers. Yeah. I didn't want to come across like uh, which which guys you you really don't want to come across spoilers for this one. Yeah, um, if, uh, yeah, stay away yeah. like stay away from anything that's talking about this movie, including our own podcast. Except us. Except but, us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, it was interesting to me because like the. 
for a good part of the film, you really don't see Mr. Glass until like halfway through the film. And that to me was like, huh. And even like seeing that Samuel Jackson got like last billing in like the opening credits, it was like, and Samuel L. Jackson. I'm like, this movie is titled him. Just saying. But no, I do, I do like, um, I, I made a kind of a joke when, uh, there's a scene where, um, uh, is Mr. Glass, I'm yeah. gonna call him Mr. Glass, where Mr. Glass, um, meets, uh, Kevin, well, not Kevin, one of the personalities of Kevin, all of them. The Horde. Yeah, the Horde. He, and he, and he comes into the room, and he, and I just lean over to Dirk and I say, I want you to join the Avengers Initiative. Oh, yeah, yeah. To me, I'm just yeah. like, all right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That, that to me was like, like especially with the, that sounds like the bad guys teaming up. I'm just like, I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. I'm just like, like you had to make that joke at yeah. some point. It's like, it's, you, you have to. Um, it was interesting how, how the, um, the other, like the, the the companions of each character, played a very important role in the film, um, especially like seeing how many of the uh, how many of the characters are are very supportive of their counterparts throughout the film. Which I mean, I'm not gonna say like it doesn't make sense because I know um, Kevin and Casey had like a bonding moment yeah. kind of thing, but like. He still, you know, kidnapped her and kind of yeah, it like it was. It's, <laughs> it's definitely Stockholm syndrome, but it's like at the same time, Kevin is also kind of a victim in this. Yeah. So it's like you, yeah. I, I was thinking about that too because it's like he did kidnap her yeah. and kill her friends and but. kill <laughs> and and kill her friends, but it's almost like look what she got out of it in the end though. Like she she survived. Yeah. And, and got her uncle arrested. And got her uncle arrested. So it's like she does have a lot to thank him for, but like you can see where And she has a nice new family, just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's like I I I actually awed at the part where like she's reading the comic book and like her sisters are coming up and hugging her and yeah. stuff. That there was, was so a part cute. okay, one of the girls in there, I swear I thought was the girl who played young Casey in Split. Maybe I was. honestly God thought it was her. I was like, did they just like like be nice and just let her like come into the film and just have like one cute little cameo? I like that. That was cute. I'd like to believe that's what happened. Um, yeah. There was like, and I still love the 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 psychological like the philosophy side of how um, when Casey Casey goes to a comic book store and is like learning about comics, which to yeah. me was like really funny. I thought that scene was cool. Um, but there's a part where like when she's trying to talk to uh, Ellie Staple, who's, who's, uh, ironically, her name is Staple, she brings all the movies together. <laughs> um, she's trying to, ex she, her whole, her game plan throughout the film is to try to convince them that they're not, they're not super. super. Yeah, that they're, that they're just people with, like, and she's trying to do this in a certain amount of time before their trials. Yeah. Which I thought was very interesting. That it's like, there is a time limit. She's not doing this for shits and giggles. She's yeah. actually... She's trying to do something good for them. And that to me was like, alright, I could see... Which, I mean... The the part of me that likes psychology yeah. comes down and it's like... You, you can't heal people in three days. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Like, I get it. It's like a timetable and like 
I mean, the movies movies got limit. Yeah. But like, it's I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and say, okay, three days. Yeah. That's okay. But, yeah. You know. it, it's it adds to the uh, the suspense of it. Um. Uh, but yeah, it when she was talking about like like Superman trivia about like when Action Comics one first came out in the 30s, how Superman originally didn't fly at first, and I was just like, huh, I forgot about that. And just, like, all the little yeah. trivia pieces throughout the film. Uh, the other thing this movie does that I don't see... No, no, I was going to say, I don't see a lot in Shyamalan films. Um, was a lot of jumping around. Like, it played a lot with time. Like, like it played a lot with, like, the sequence of events. And you see an event happen, and then a lot of flashbacks as well. Yeah. Within a certain moment of the film. Um, and where you really get to see... Um, uh, when when you finally get to see Mr. Glass like be at his all yeah. in the film, that to me was um, was interesting. But also, there's there's a point in the film where you actually do understand what you 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 kind of like side with um, uh, Elijah at a certain point in the film when they finally team up. Yeah. Elijah. Um, like I'll I'll be honest, right when um, was Doctor Staple was yeah yeah, Doctor Staple was um, uh, like talking to them, saying like you're not super or whatever whatever in the in the That's, infamous pink room scene, They're like in the pink yeah room? yeah 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 the, the I, group therapy. That, that was just a point where I was like immediately like, I don't like you <laughs> like yeah. honestly like. Like, I know she's trying to, like, persuade them, like, no, you're not super, but, like, you're just raining on my parade, lady. <laughs> like, like, I was let, like this let movie, me believe this. This <laughs> movie has, like, a, a sub-antagonist, um, where, like, this movie is supposed, like, this is supposed to tell you that, you know, Elijah's the protagonist, like, the, the antagonist of the yeah. film, but there's, like, that little sub-antagonist in the film that I always find interesting, that's, like, the hurdle of the film, the, uh, the, the oblivious... Uh, hurdle in the film yeah. with uh, Ellie Staple, um, but um, what's the scene? Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like there was a scene I was mentioning earlier. The scene there's there's a scene where like uh, Doctor Staple is talking with um, uh, Kevin? D- David D- David's son. Yeah, Joseph. Yeah. Why can't I remember anybody's name in this? But <laughs> it's a good movie. I just I just have a thing with names, but. Uh, David's son, um, and like that, that pissed me off more. Like she was talking about, oh, these they can't be superheroes. Like you, people going to like comic conventions, they're just selling you stuff. Like, oh I, yeah, did I you really, hear me say fuck you? Yeah, yeah. How would that? For for those that don't know, we go to comic conventions like all the time. A lot. So, yeah. So a lot. I was like, oh, just. Mm. Well, <laughs> that's the thing is that uh, Shyamalan has said that like he made this movie. Um, for comic book convention people, so it's like Good. to me, I was just like when he yeah. when he when she calls out uh, like people who go to yeah. comic book conventions and like just really rails at them. I like I was just like, oh, she's she's the bad guy. <laughs> she's the bad guy in the film. Like, forget about glass. It's mm, yeah, yeah. I don't like it's her staple. It's <laughs> staple. We don't like. Um, but yeah, that to me was just like, all right, I know who. Okay, I know who the villain is now. Um, there were, um, I did like a lot of the, uh, the unique camera angles in the film. There, they had some, like, 
there are a lot of good POV shots that I don't see a lot in superhero movies. Like, yeah, there's the infamous, like, the, the famous, like, Iron Man shots, like, always inside the helmet. But, I like... Love, I love the camera shots, because, um, uh, in the movie, like, uh, Dr. Stable, she sets up, like, cameras, like, all over the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can't move. I love all the scenes that are shot, like, from the camera perspective. And it all pays it's off. Cool. Yeah. I didn't realize how, like, all yeah. right, we're seeing a lot of security footage, and then it's like, oh, this actually pays off yeah, later yeah. on in the film. That, to me, was like, huh, there's a lot of voyeur shots. Um, but there's, like, a lot of camera angles where it's, like, all first person and a lot of, like, snorry cams as well where, like, the cameras attach to characters uh, in the film. And usually, like, the snorry cam is, like, the you see a lot in, like, music videos and, like, a bunch of other, like... There was, like, a point where, like, snorry cam footage was, like, everywhere where um, it's, right. like, the... Um, uh, What's I'm I'm not into film as you. What's a snorri cam? That's what I was explaining. Okay, the, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The the the, the snorri cam is like the it's a camera that like is attached to you yeah. and is pointed directly at you, where the entire world moves around you, but you're like center frame. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. those shots. Yeah. That Shyamalan used those as POV shots for the other person, yeah. which I that to me was genius because like he takes such a a and and a a camera angle that's been used so many times before. Yeah. But he uses it in different moments of the film where it's like when you see David and uh, Beast fighting, that the camera's attached to David, but it's from the perspective of the the Beast. Yeah. And to me, it was like, like all right, I actually like the Snorri cam now. <laughs> I used to get sick of those scenes where it's like. They'll throw them into, like, any movie, and it's mm. like, you forgot what the point of those scenes, of those shots are for, but whatever. It looks cool, alright. Um, okay, there is, there is one part of the film, like, it's not part of the film, it's part of the experience. There was one girl sitting behind us. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Anytime something happened, oh, wow! Like... No, 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 oh. her, her catchphrase was, okay... Oh, yeah. Uh, to me, part of me hated that, but also it was like, she would say that so it's, many it's times. It's because, like, I didn't hear her talking until, like, halfway through the movie. When, she like, was, like, she's talking as loud as we're talking yeah, right now yeah. in a conversation. She's yeah. right behind us, and everyone else is whispering. I'm just like, lady, seriously. And I think, like, her boyfriend or whoever, like, was getting up and leaving to get, like, refreshments or whatever. I'm just like, take me with you. <laughs> but there were moments where it's like, like, sometimes her reactions were valid when there would be, like, really big pivotal scenes that happen. And it's like, okay. And I'm just like, yes, that's when you say that. I know, I know it's, I know this is, this movie is connected to, like, Unbreakable and Split, but how does it correlate? Oh, <laughs> Um, side note, when we first saw, uh, Annabelle no creation. creation, the prequel to Annabelle, there was this one, like, this one older lady that sat, uh, during, like, the entire credits, and apparently she just knew the actual history of the original Annabelle doll, and the whole time she's, like, waiting for the movie to, like, explain, yeah. and she just was, like, was adamant, wanting to find out how does it correlate? Like, I understand the movie and all, but, like, how does it correlate? And for us, that's, like, anytime we go to a movie that's, like, attached to a series or a franchise, we're always having to ask ourselves, how, how does, does it, it correlate? correlate? 
I think we have t-shirts now. I think like we now have our first <laughs> set of merch, uh, a merch idea now. We have, we have, how does it correlate? Phone pudding. Phone pudding <laughs> and film dudes. Um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that happens in the film uh, that we can discuss without spoiling it. Um, well, um, like, like I said, um, when you talk about sort of the reaction to it, like I said, I didn't read any critics or any, like, yeah, reviews. Yeah, I didn't either. I don't... Maybe, no, maybe it's, like, people who only watch Split. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I, like, I... Especially, like, a lot of the promos have said that this is, like, from the writer and director of Unbreakable yeah. and Split. They and, point and, those movies out. They don't talk about The Visit or Sixth Sense because those don't matter. That's not part of the universe. And it's named after a character that was in Unbreakable. So yeah. Like, like, this movie... Yeah, exactly. I didn't. Yeah, exactly. This is a movie about a character in that specific movie, and they even mentioned him at the end of um of Splits, dude. What? The first movie, Unbreakable, uh-huh. was about David. The second right. one was about Kevin. Right. The third one's about um Elijah. Eli- yeah, Elijah. Yeah. The each one. This isn't just a team-up, it's about Elijah. Yeah, they exactly. Each, they each have their own movie. Exactly. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so think... you just connected in my head. Yeah. <laughs> my, I just correlated it. Yeah, you... <laughs> That's how it correlates. Um, but yeah, like, it... He took three... He took a three-act structure and turned it into a trilogy. For as for your your common superhero yeah. films, and to me, I I would love to ask. Uh, like I feel like the one question I really want to ask is, and this is like not like not so much a pie in the sky kind of question, but like a a question of like when this movie like when the the last two movies came out was Split and Unbreakable, that this came out around a time when the cinematic universes were a big thing, yep. that. Um, and this all has to go back to Iron Man. That if Iron Man wasn't a success, yeah, and leading all the way up to the Avengers and the whole idea of like superhero movies taking over the summer blockbuster box offices yeah. and everything, that if that hadn't happened, would he have still gone after making splits and glass, <laughs> or is it kind of like? It's 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 just something I, I I really want to know that was this kind of was this kind of planned once he started seeing how superhero movies were starting to take off um, in in like the the recent years since two thousand eight because um, I don't think superhero movies would have died out we still had like some decent ones come out yeah. that were not attached to the MCU um, but it's like. If the MCU wasn't as big of a, as a, of a success, would this movie still would have come out? Would these the, the would this whole trilogy would have finally been fully released, and would it still get the same kind of recognition that it initially deserved? Because he originally was going to do either a trilogy or a continuation to Unbreakable right after. But because it didn't do well, he was very disheartened by it, and he just went on to other projects. His next one was like I want to say Signs. So like he he continued on doing just solo 
that's why that's why I kind of hope that like he doesn't like just look at the critics and be like oh this was horrible failure I hope that but the first the fans enjoy it and that he yeah like listens more to them but I mean yeah I, I, the, now what I'm, what I'm about to say is not I'm not directing this at you at all it's um I feel like I'm about to be attacked okay let's go here we go here we go <laughs> bundled up no it's I feel like it's also become a thing in pop culture that it's the thing to do is to go after a night Shyamalan ever since Last Airbender that no one... I don't, yeah. I don't attack him, like... I don't... I will attack him for that specifically. Because yeah. that was a part of my childhood, and it... Yeah, it's it, insane, it, it happened. But I don't, I don't, like, hold it against him for, like, his other movies or anything. Yeah. Like, I can still look at his other stuff like this and be like, oh, wow, this is pretty darn... Yeah. Damn amazing. Yeah. So, you know, that's... But I, but I feel like, like... Even like nostalgia critic and a lot of others, it became a thing that and I and I'll admit, I was on that boat too, where it was like, wow, M. Night Shyamalan's a hack. Like when you first showed me uh, Nostalgia Critic's review of Signs, and he just ripped that movie. And here's the thing about Signs. Uh, that was like the first horror movie I ever saw, and it freaked me the fuck out. Granted I was a kid. Yeah. But like it still freaked me the Same. fuck out. Like like the the part where um they're watching that like that um, movie and like you see the alien yeah. walk by, I was like yeah, that that, like, that honestly yeah. terrifies me. Yeah, but like I I saw um, a video recently uh, from the uh, um, oh god I, I want to plug them the uh, um, if if there are any aliens watching this I'm not being racist no no, no 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 I just no, you know yeah, I'm sure you're cool but yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely uh, by the time that this transmission makes it to yeah, outer space yeah. um no the oh pretty much it there's a YouTube channel called Pretty Much It where these guys. Uh, make their own commentary for movies mm. where like it's kind of like riff tracks but instead of like going out of their way to make a joke in there or like a, a Mission Science Theater 3000 yeah. they just they're movie watchers that I are com making commentary on the that's, movie that's the thing I wanted to show you that was the um, it one from the old yeah. TV series that's that's what I wanted to show you I remember that one time yeah but yeah I watched they were, them sometimes they, too uh, pretty much it did one with Chris Hart um, um, Chris Stuckman yeah. Where he was watching, um, where he and the host of Pretty Much It were watching Signs, and they were going on and gushing over the film and talking about how how creative the film is and how great it was, and um, how like it's it's like it's it's cinema church. Where like if you want to know how to do a movie, you you watch Signs. Like Signs is one of those movies you have to watch to get an idea of filmmaking. And he was absolutely right. Like, that movie made me realize Signs is actually a very clever film. That it's a very bright film. And Shyamalan is a great movie maker. He's not, he's not typical convention. He, he, he under, it's, it's the difference between a, 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 a young filmmaker that wants to go against conventions and go against rules. The, the but they go against the rules because they go against the rules okay. because they don't understand the rule first, so they automatically break it because yeah. they don't get it. Shyamalan gets it and changes it because he has, he understands it. Go on. It's sort of like um, you know the MCU has their whole thing and their movies are great. I mean, critics love them and fans yeah. love them, but like they're all like kind of you know they they I guess know what they're doing. Yeah. They they. 
they follow sort of this oh, recipe, if you will, yeah, for success at the box office, where Shyamalan just kind of is like, no, I want to be original. I want to do my own. He thing. stands like, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and that's the thing. Like he, he does things differently with the camera. He does, and I noticed this earlier. Like I, I had like an epiphany of it. Um, during the there's a scene in the film when Staple is talking to Joseph. Uh, in the office, and the and Shyamalan does this in a lot of his films, where the camera goes back and forth, it pivots, uh, looking back and forth, and I had that sudden realization, and I, I I this is a theory, but I have a feeling it might be true that it's Shyamalan's way of getting us into the film, and having us feel like we're there and we're in the middle of a conversation. When you're watching two people talk, you're moving your head back and forth, and the camera's doing the same exact thing. He does that a lot in so many of his films that it's like, oh, that's why he does. Any other film, any time, any other conversation scene would just cut back and forth, nonstop. Yeah. Oh, like, over the shoulder, reverse shot, back and forth, yeah. back and forth. This one moves the camera around a lot more. There's a lot more... There's a lot more movement in the film that keeps you interested, and it's not in your face a lot of the times. Especially the scene when, um, during the, 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 the group therapy session in the pink room, Elijah is um, uh, sedated, and his head's like, you know, tilted yeah. and everything. And you, you actually see it from his perspective, and the camera just canted. But yeah. even, there's a lot of scenes where, like, he doesn't always give uh, characters headroom or lead room. Usually, if a character is, all right, here's some film. Here's some film study for you guys. When it, usually in a film, if a camera is looking to the left of the screen, he will be positioned either in the middle or on the right and giving him leadway. You're seeing that he's looking to the left, so you place him on the right. Whenever a character is, whenever another character, like a sporting character, is looking to someone in the film, they're looking at them. From, there, from where they're sitting, where they're standing, or whatever. So, like, if a character is... Like, there's a scene in the film, and there's a scene where Staple is, like, talking to a security guard, and she's, like, sitting up against the wall, and she's got, like, you know, another wall right next to her. So she can't move any farther. So the, guy, so the security guard leans back and looks at her, and you're seeing it from her perspective. He's filling the left side of the frame, leaving so much empty room behind him that you're, you don't do that. But Shyamalan does, and it's because you're seeing it from her perspective where she can't go any farther left, so he can only move in so far in to look at her, and he plays with that so much in this film, especially the, um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention this, Kevin is a great, has some great comedic moments in the film, um, Horde has like some of the best comedy scenes in the whole movie. He really lightens up the film. But it's just how Shyamalan shoots the movie is not typical, but it's very relatable. Yeah. And I know we've um, we've kind of talked shit about Stable, but she's, you know, she did a great job playing the character. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Sarah everybody did. Amazing. Everybody did. The acting great. is really... There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of character development in this movie that that is like... It's almost a sin in other superhero movies. Like, people who go to see a superhero movie want to see the action, the throwdown, yeah. the showdown, whatever you want to call it. This one focused so much more on the psychology and the, 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 the philosophy of it that 
it 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 broke down the superhero mythos. Yeah. And um, James McAvoy did a great job with um, you know Kevin, yeah, uh, as he did as he did in Split, yeah. Um, and can, can I say the funny thing then? Yeah, yeah, sure. Did? Okay, so in the credits, um, they uh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 They had a list of like all his personalities that he played, and next to it, you just see a big Kevin Ma- or uh, James, James Mac- McAvoy. <laughs> I, 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 love, I, love I love that they actually list out, which to me is just like that's yeah. just very, very considerate of them that yeah. each character. What's this fucking gets... raccoon doing? What? Oh, the fucking raccoon outside the car. Anyway, what are you uh, saying? What are you saying? Well, around. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, open the curtain, r- reveal the curtain. Uh, I'm going to show you what's behind the curtain. We're sitting in my car, uh, recording this on my phone, and we're still in the parking lot here uh, outside the movie yeah. theater. And there's a cute little trash panda walking around. I hope he. I hope he does well. I okay. hope he's okay. Um, but yeah, um, it's just little details like that. And there's finally a scene. I. I. It's not in. You rarely see it in splits. It's like one scene that it doesn't in split. But I'm glad that they finally had another scene in here. Where every time you see, um, you rarely ever see um, Kevin the Horde change mid sentence. Yeah. There's one scene of it towards the like uh, in the big great. in the big climax of Split. Yeah. And they do it again in this one where like like four of them are talking on top of themselves. Yeah. And this isn't a spoiler. I love this. Kevin has twins. As yeah, a personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so funny and, to me. And, and he, they had like a Scottish accent. Yes, that was, that was I, hilarious. Irish, Irish. Yeah, they're Irish. Yeah, oh, they, Irish. yeah. Uh, Irish twin. Why does nobody flush the toilet when they're finished taking a shite? No, oh, it wasn't me. What it was one of you? Disgusting. When like <laughs> it was like Irish brother and sister yeah. twins and, in one yeah. scene of the film. And that just goes into um, another good thing. You get to see more of his personality. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, you see. Um, you see more than just uh, Patricia, uh, Dennis, and, and um, uh, Hedwig. And I love the um, the one scene where he's where he's the diabetic girl, and he's, she's hitting oh, on uh, she's uh, hitting on the uh, Jade Jade yeah. uh, uh, hitting on the the the, uh, the orderly. Yeah, <laughs> that was so funny to me. I was just and I was kind of looking at him, just like, oh, this is supposed to be a girl. I was like, is he gay? Oh, right, right, girl, got it, cool. Yeah, this is in Barry. I was no, no, I'm not gonna lie. I was actually really excited to see Barry at one point. Leah, when 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 like they they had their first fight, all the guns are pointing out. No, no, don't shoot. Uh, my name's Barry. <laughs> and I was like, hey, Barry, yeah, I like Barry. And then I'm like, oh, we don't get to see Barry anymore. I like, I like, I love how I'm actually getting attached to one of the 23, 24 personalities now. I'm just like, good on you, James. Well, you did see Barry kind of a lot in Split. He, he always showed up to the uh, to, meetings or whatever. Yeah, which um, the funny thing was about James McAvoy being casted as uh, Kevin was um, Shyamalan was... Uh, oh, he was showing The Visit uh, at Comic-Con. And the Visit he, was a good movie. Yeah, I The Visit. Him. I yeah. love The Visit. Yeah. Uh, um, Oh, there's something I want to touch on. And since we're talking about Shyamalan, there's one yeah. scene I want to talk about the visit. I'm going to sidetrack for a minute. Uh, actually, we do have five minutes. Um, I'll, I'll make it quick because um, we may do a sponsor part of this. I don't know. If not, we're still trying out Anchor. Basically, James McAvoy was at Comic-Con 
and he was screening uh, the visit for everyone. Afterwards, he went to like uh, the after party for a yeah. lot of the, the the big leagues and everything, yeah. and he was getting ready to start uh, producing splits, and he said he needed an actor for it. And this is right around the time that James McAvoy had already shaved his head for X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. And he was like, I need someone who is just like a blank slate. And he saw James yeah. McAvoy walk by and he said he grabbed him by the shoulder and he says, You're perfect. <laughs> and I was like, All right, that's kind of cool. You actually picked up a comic book character to be in your movie. That's funny. That is dedication. Bravo, M. Night. Um, we're going to pause here. Uh, and we're going to do a closing thing about M. Night, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Um, so, oh yeah, just let y'all know, we're recording this on Anchor, so there's an hour time limit between each one, so that's why we have to take breaks after an hour. Um, but we're back. Um, I wanted to touch on a piece from, like, going back to... Uh, the MH, the, yeah. yeah, on M. Night Shyamalan, there was a, there's a moment in uh, The Visit. Uh, while, one, it being a really good found footage movie, um, one, it goes back to Does just... Does The Visit count as a found footage movie? Yeah. Okay. It, well, actually, no. It, well, okay. It has a lot of the same style as yeah. a found footage movie, but it's an edited documentary by the girl uh, okay. of the film. Um, which I still would have loved it if the end credits did, like, nice, like, did end with, like, her being, like, the editor of the film. Like, the the end credits had, was still, like, in the universe, but I know that a lot of these people need to be credited for the work yeah, they did. Yeah. So, I get that. No, there's a, there's a moment in the film where um, she's interviewing her brother, and he... She's asking him a lot of questions and also, like, doing, like, an, an, an analysis on him. And there's a part where he kind of throws it back at her and does an analysis on her. Not 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 in a mean way, yeah. but he says that, you know, you hate seeing yourself on... Like, you hate seeing yourself cry. Yeah. That you hate crying and you hate seeing yourself cry on camera. And the attention to detail on that, there's a part of the film when she's interviewing um, her, her grandmother and... She, she talks about um, her parent, her dad. Yeah. She talks about her dad, and she gets very emotional and starts crying about it. But you never see her. It yeah. still stays on, and she's got the two camera setup where she cuts back and forth between the two. But she, she never cuts back to the reaction shot of her. It stays on the grandmother because she doesn't have any other footage to cut to. Yeah. So it's, you hear her crying and talking, but you never actually see it. And to me, I always, I always remember that part because it, it goes back to like the, um, um, the, oh God, the immersion of it Yeah. where it's, it's, you're still talking about the world that this movie's trying to tell you. And Shyamalan really brings you into that. And it was just, ah, it's just Shyamalan, man. Like. Regardless of how you feel about his his post um, uh, Airbender, post Airbender pre um, visit movies, say what you will. He's got great ideas and great intentions. It's just Hollywood, mm-hmm. and and this kind of shows you how sick he is of Hollywood. Adam showed me this earlier. Um, Shyamalan footed the entire bill. 
like, he put in, like, the $20 million that this movie needed, which, again, low budget. That's a low budget horror movie. Or, like, just a low budget film in general. So, the return on investment is gonna be really, really good. Yeah. Uh, with how this movie's gonna do. Uh, I was talking to one of the, uh, the, the people here at, at the, the theater we go to, the Cobb. Um, and I was noticing that it was very empty for a Thursday, but a lot of people were going to see the, uh, the Dragon Ball Z movie that came out. And I was noticing a lot more people were going to that than going to splits. And he was saying that, um, it shouldn't be that big of an issue because Dragon Ball is only a limited time. So, uh, Glass should be doing, have I been saying split this whole time? I'm in Glass. Everyone, like, not a lot of people are going to see Glass. Um, which you should, you should. You should see Glass, and you should see Split, and you should see Unbreakable, but not in that order. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I don't know, it's like, I've I've gotten a much bigger appreciation yeah. for Shyamalan since I've seen this movie. Um, any Shyamalan memories you want to talk about, like we're talking about his, his, his death or whatever? Uh, no, I would like to uh, just put in a little... Some sticky notes of stuff I noticed. Okay. Um, in um, Glass, you get to see um, uh, Kevin do, or I guess the Beast do the um, the squeezy thing again. Oh yeah, his the, his signature like like crush move that uh, he did. Spine crushing. Yeah. Whatever. And you get to there's a reference. I think this is a reference back to Unbreakable when they're in the comic book store and first it's with Glass and he says. Hey, you better not be uh, jacking off to like the Japanese comics back there. And oh, then in yeah. this one, it's with uh, David's son, and he and he goes back and he says, "Hey, it's, and it was something about Hello Kitty or something." Oh yeah, you better not be one of those Hello Kitty guys in there. Yeah, I was almost part of me was kind of thinking like, was this the same, the same? Com- it, it's not the same comic book store in that scene. Yeah. But she does go back to that comic book store. Yeah. Because I noticed it by the big inflatable Spider-Man. I'm just like, hey. That comic book shop is still in is still in business, or that's just a set. I hope it's not just a and set. And I love that scene. I'm not gonna say what happens, but I love that scene when she's in the comic book store. That yeah. oh, that oh, I love that scene. Just so many yeah. good moments in that movie. Uh, okay, there was another element that I noticed in both movies. Yeah. Actually, all three movies. Um, uh, one of the, ch- the there's one channel that I follow, uh, CZ World. Where he does a lot of uh, like things you didn't know, like little details in movies yeah. and everything. And he did like two for Unbreakable and Split leading up to Glass. And he was talking about how, um, and I don't know if you noticed this, a lot of scenes with Elijah is in the reflection of Glass. Like when you, when we first see him, he's yeah. in the reflection of the glass of the TV. Then the glass of the uh, the drawing at the limited edition exhibits. It was on the computer. Yeah. Yeah, they did that. I didn't notice that. Yeah, they did a reflection of him in the computer in this movie. But there was, like, a lot of scenes dealing with mirrors and reflections when it, when it dealt with, um, uh, glass. with glass. But they did it again. They did one scene of it in um, Split, which I... Loved. Oh, yeah, at the end. Or was that... Two. That's... Oh, okay. Yeah, two. Yeah, you remind me. There's that scene... Uh, but there's one random scene in uh, when they're when Barry quotes yeah. uh, is he's he's uh, he's at the uh, his site his uh, his therapy session yeah it's in the reflection of uh, the doctor's um, 
uh, framed uh, degree that you got. And to me, I looking back at Split again, that to me was just like just little hints throughout the film where it's yeah. like, oh, this is in the the, the Unbreakable universe. You just didn't know. Um, but like my parents, it was interesting when my parents were rewatching Splits, uh, preparing for this movie. Uh, my dad was noticing like the there's like a yellow flower in the bathroom, um, oh, yeah. and and my dad was like trying to figure out like you know what's the, the the significance of that? I don't get it. Like why put that there? And I told him that that's that's the 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 horse color, yeah. that all these characters are color coded, and even a lot of the characters like the other personalities in the yeah. film have accents of yellow on them throughout the film and I didn't even notice it even Hedwig he's got a half yellow half blue jacket um, when you first meet him so yellow is like a signature color and that's just Um, details to me I would like to say um, uh, there there is sort of a cool flashback regarding um, uh, uh, Kevin's dad and you see him he has a pamphlet that says DID on it He's reading yeah. a pamphlet about dissociative identity. So I guess they knew he had it since, like, he was a kid or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I, I, they, they mentioned yeah. that in the film that he was, um, the dad, yeah, that the dad was, um, 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 the dad was looking for a cure for DID, but because of how abusive the mom yeah. was, he left. Yeah. And, um, and, um, but, uh, one other thing, um, Glass mentioned uh, that, um, you know, some, I think it was an Unbreakable, uh, he mentioned that, you know, there are two kinds of villains or whatever. There are the the mental type, and then there are the soldiers. Yeah. That he said. And Kevin, I believe it's said in the in the split, is a soldier, or was a soldier. He no. Was a, he wasn't? No. No. Are you sure? No. Yes. No, he wasn't a, he was, he was a, he worked, uh, I think he worked like security or something at the, um, uh, uh, no, no, there was no mention of him like doing any service. Um, it was just the trauma from, it was just his childhood trauma and him just working at the, uh, the, the Philadelphia Zoo. Yeah. He, he didn't do any service, um, cause I watched it recently. There was nothing mentioned in there about him doing any kind of like, uh, service time with the military. No, I think it was... Well, actually, I also noticed this. Uh, in Unbreakable, it foreshadows the fight between David and the Horde because the first, the very first comic book that Elijah gets from his mom... Uh, it wasn't Century Man. I know it was Active Comics. I'm trying to remember the hero on the front cover. But it was Active Comics, and it's a green superhero yeah. fighting a yeah. yellow beast. And for me, it was just like... Shyamalan, you son of a bitch. You knew this from the very beginning. And to me, it's just like looking back at it 19 years later and seeing all the uh, the little hints and references. Because I paid attention to the color. Like, color was a big deal for me throughout the film. There was one moment where um, there's a scene where David goes home. Like, David goes home to, like, his like his, his own, like, uh, house. And um, his wife's no longer there. I think mainly because the actress didn't want to come back or they she just... She also died. Well, I mean, the character died. The character died, but like, I don't know if it was just because they couldn't get her back. I don't know. Um, but his house is also, like, there's, there's like, green accent throughout the house. Yeah. And for me, I was just, like... Part of me, like, there was a... Yeah. I, I was, like, fighting with myself where I was just, like... 
okay, Shyamalan, we get it. The color scheme, we get it. David's green, Elijah's purple, and Kevin's yellow. We get it. But then I was thinking to myself, like, no, no, because I'm that way too. Certain colors I have as accents in my own house where it's like, all right, I like these colors. These colors speak to me. So, yeah, I would have green in my own house if I liked the color green. I'm sorry, not to get off topic here, but if you're uh, if you're really into, like, color and symbolism and stuff like that, Breaking Bad has it throughout. I know you're you're. Does it really? Watching that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You should look look that up sometime. Well, yeah. after you finish it. But it's it's really interesting. Yeah. Anyway, back to... Um, <laughs> yeah, color theory is just yeah. awesome. Um, even um, uh, Baby Driver. They do a whole thing about color theory with that movie. Um... But even like, because I even mentioned it to my dad, he didn't pick up, he didn't know about the, the color wheel spectrum and everything, um, that green is a complementary color to orange and vice versa. Is, yeah. is that a thing? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the fight scene in Unbreakable, it, he's wearing green and he's fighting a bad guy who's wearing orange. Like the polar, like the opposites of each other. Like that, that to me... Thing is, I noticed that, and then there's this the the ending scene where Joseph walks down the stairs and he's wearing a green shirt with like an orange stripe across it. And there was a part of me that was thinking, like, is Joseph going to be a villain? I really thought that for a minute because of his color scheme with the shirt. But I was like, okay, I'm taking the color too far. All right, whatever. Maybe um, it just sort of ties him to the rest of their group or whatever. You know, because it had him and um, then. Um, Casey and the mom. I wish I could knew them. I wish I knew the mom's name. I don't think they ever like refer to her by her first name. I think it's just Mrs. Price. Um, but yeah, um, I guess we can go ahead and start wrapping this up. Uh, any any final comments on on glass? Um, anything else you want to mention? It was a good. It was a good. Um, this movie does a good job of correlating. It correlates all the way back to Unbreakable 19 years ago. Um, I'm hoping... thing is, now it's kind of like... I'm, I'm a little sad as well. Because now this trilogy is finished. Well, maybe there could be another. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I... Shyamalan probably won't do that. But... No, but this does... This does, like, make me excited again for Shyamalan. Like, films now. Especially now that Blumhouse is attached to a lot of these films, too. Blumhouse is, like, really good about, like, getting indie films, like, you know, funded and everything. They even funded a freaking uh, uh, Halloween. And we can start getting a little, you know, excited about Sony, too. They're starting to... They're... Yeah, Sony's starting to... Uh, um, uh, we, mentioned, we mentioned this earlier uh, on the drive over. Uh, we were talking about the new Ghostbusters trailer that came out. Um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse did really good. Um, so we're seeing a lot and of good things. Good. <laughs> and it was good. Um, we're seeing a lot of like really good things coming out of um, Sony right now. So, yeah, movies are looking pretty good right now. And then we got Shazam coming out, so we got another good movie going in the right direction for uh, uh, DC. So it's going to be a good year for movies. We've got Endgame coming out. We've got Brightburn. Um, uh, what else? There's a lot of other movies coming out, but the one movie we want to focus on is Glass. Uh, is definitely a good movie to start off the year for January. Yep. Uh, usually January is a dumping ground for a lot of movies, and uh, um, this one stands out. We would recommend watching the other two first. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, 
apparently a lot of people, I, I, I assume a lot of people have a problem with that, that they don't know that a breakable and splits are attached to this movie, so... And, like, how do you not, based uh, yeah. on the previews, but whatever? Yeah, they, they do a big job of, like, putting Unbreakable and Split in the trailer. So, yes, um, go watch Unbreakable and Split. Uh, I would also recommend... Uh, I haven't found it on any of the streaming platforms. Uh, I don't think I saw it on uh, Netflix. Um, if it is, go watch it on Netflix. Um, if it's on other streaming platforms, check it out. If not... I would highly recommend uh, spending the money to own them, rent them, however you want to do it. Uh, just put your money towards uh, these movies. These are the kind of movies we need to see more often. We need to see movies that are um, different, that are different, that uh, push boundaries, good different, that push boundaries, that understand the rules and then bends them and then does something new and interesting and takes risks. Uh, we need more movies that take risk and not follow a, uh, a comfortable formula. Uh, so, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, uh, welcome back. Um, we're glad that you're you're still making movies and you're making the movies the way you want to make them. Uh, and that's another thing. Uh, you're also funding movies that are um, that are written, directed, and produced by independent filmmakers with the help of other distributors. So, yeah. Uh, went off on an indie film rant but yes go see Glass highly recommend it uh, two thumbs up from the both of us yep. um, so yeah uh, thank you again for tuning in to a very very long uh, awaited second installment to Film Dudes um, we're going through some changes right now um, we like doing these podcasts um, we've just been going through a lot of stuff uh, personally with uh, work and everything else I'm dying he's dying <laughs> uh I'm I'm in between jobs and working on uh, other films right now. Um, if you want to check those out, they'll be over at Death Like Productions on YouTube, uh, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook and all that crap. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode of the Film Dudes. Uh, as always, uh, I'm Dirk Schuller, and as always, with me is Adam Oliver, and uh, yeah. We'll see you guys next time when uh, we find another movie that really intrigues us. So thank you guys again, and hope to hear back from you guys soon. Take care.